Hello, I'm Jesse Weiler, and this is an Adoramus interview. On this episode, I sit down with Joseph O'Brien, the managing editor at Adoramus Bulletin, as he covers a book by Jared Stout called The Beer Option, A Generous Pour of Catholic Culture. If you want to read the entire article, you can go to adoramus.org. So without further ado, an Adoramus interview with Joseph O'Brien. All right, this week I am sitting down with Joseph O'Brien, the managing editor at Adoramus Bulletin. And uh, Joseph, you just wrote this uh, book review on this amazing book, The Beer Option, Brewing a Catholic Culture Yesterday and Today by Jared Stott. And uh, why don't you just give me a little bit of background information about why you wanted to uh, review this book? Well, uh, it came down to one word, beer. Uh, actually, it came down to more <laughs> than just that. Uh, uh, it also came down to the fact that we have been uh, celebrating for the past year at, at Aramis, uh the idea of enculturation, especially as it, uh, especially as it was uh, expressed in the, uh, in the document, uh, the instruction on enculturation known as Veritatis Legitimae. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what was uh, your, just give me your overall impression about this book. It looks like it it goes into a little bit of history, and there's some very interesting stuff that we'll we'll discuss here, but um, what was the the lens that was being used for this book primarily? Well, I guess there's a couple of things I want to, I suppose I could say about it. Uh, uh, My first impression about the book uh, was one of these, and it, it is not to take away from the book at all, but it was almost as if, I'm reading this as if someone's trying to tell me how to have fun. I mean, obviously, beer is a beer is something natural to most of us. But um, you know, on a second look, you realize uh, the book is actually doing a, a great service, uh, especially to uh, um, especially to Catholics who who enjoy their beer and don't really necessarily know why they enjoy their beer over and above just the taste. Uh, there's there's something about the book that uh, when it when it takes a look at uh, all the different strands of beer, right? That there's uh, there's a historical strand. There's a um, what what uh, Mr. Stout calls a fellowship uh, strand from the standpoint of uh, if you if you start a home brewing uh, brewing club or you start a home brewing uh, uh, community, that kind of gets people together. Or if you hang out together in a in a bar or a pub, that that kind of forms community as well. So you've got all these different strands. But what he wanted to make clear was that everything we do in this life, um, I think I say this in the in the uh, review at one point, that, you know, it was only with the only with the Protestant revolt that we began to see this kind of unification or uh, u- uh, univocal understanding of, of reality from the standpoint of things that were spiritual remain spiritual and things of the earth remain of the earth and the two were never, never, uh, never joined. Whereas in the Catholic view of things, everything in a certain sense is sacramental. Although I don't want to overuse that word, everything kind of has a sacramental meaning to it. Um, I, I always go back to the uh, early church father, Origen, who says that every word that we speak has a, has a mystical meaning to it. Um, and, and I think that's true also of every beer that we drink in a certain sense has a um, and, and again, I don't want to. I want to make sure I say this right. I'm not saying that beer by itself will deliver you to a mystical ecstasy, uh, as Mr. Stout says. Of course, too much beer will deliver you just the opposite. It'll give you a big headache. But but there's something about the fact that we we do these things, we make these things, we have this ability to to make, um, which we share with our Creator. That clearly He wants He wants us to do it in a in a in a way that's. Uh, uh, for his greater glory, but also in a way that kind of does honor for uh, for his creation. 
Now, I I was fascinated by the introduction um, that you mentioned here that beer was at one point used to baptize, but then had it, it had to be corrected uh, by a, a papal decree that it's no longer you know to be used to baptize. What what's with that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that was one of the just one of the fun things that you find out about beer in this in this book. But uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I again, I don't know for how long they were doing it. I mean, uh, news did not necessarily travel fast from Norway to uh, to Rome. But uh, yeah, apparently, at least according to what Mister Stout says, there was uh, there was this attempt. And again, my my uh, my own take on it, my speculation on it was that. Water freezes faster than beer, and so you know if it's that cold up there, that's why. <laughs> but no, I think I think that's great. Right, but but I think it, it also points up the lesson that you know, look, um, we're part, it, I think I think that particular story put the whole book in in the right perspective. It's not trying to attempt to say there's something uh, innately holy about beer, or that that beer somehow can be used as a matter for the sacraments or anything like that. I think it comes down to just simply. Looking at it from the standpoint, well, let's let's put creation in its proper uh, context here, and the sac- being used as, as as matter for a sacrament is not a proper context. Oh, sure, and and you kind of go on. You've already mentioned and touched a little bit about this, but there's this huge culture aspect of beer and the brewing community, uh, separate from that of maybe like a religious community that brews or things like that. So you have beer in and of itself, but then you also have this idea that um, it, during Lent, some religious communities would fast and they would they would only drink beer. They called it liquid bread, and and so there's this religious culture of beer, but then there's also a this non-religious culture of beer. And I think uh, there's this bridge that can be you know built between the two that can maybe allow people to have more access to the playfulness of God. No, I think that's right. And in fact, uh, it's not just on the individual level. I think that that's ideal, right? At least I think that's what, when when Mr. Stout is calling for the beer option, he's not he's not looking at necessarily at Anheuser-Busch and he's not necessarily looking at the Benedictines. Uh, I think the Benedictines anyway of the two have, have, that, have that pretty much down pat, but he is looking at the individuals. But it's interesting that, nonetheless, you do see in the book one of the things, and I don't bring this out in the in the in the review, but um, there's a, uh, a brewery down in uh, in Louisiana, I think it's in New Orleans, uh, called Abita, and uh, they put out a number of uh, quality uh, craft beers, et cetera, et cetera. But they've entered into some kind of uh, um, partnership with, I believe it's with a with a Benedictine order, but I'm not I'm not quite sure. It might, it might be Trappist or, or one of the others, but. You do see on this kind of corporate level a a partnership that uh, okay you know I don't care if you're Catholic or not you like beer I like beer hey let's get together I think that that kind of thing also works on the individual level and I think that's what in 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 a certain sense I think that's what Mister Mister Stout is is aiming at what he's what he's trying to serve up so to speak to the to to his reader is the sense that look if you're reading this and you're not Catholic you can still appreciate the fact that. Uh, uh, there are these these great institutions that have uh, that have you know historically have put out um, uh, beer uh, as a as as their way of life, right? And who was who would not want beer to be their way of life? Sure, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm I'm actually familiar with the, the Abita Brewery. I've I've been known to have a couple of Turbo Dogs myself. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, that's excellent. And of course, the one thing we we didn't even really fully. De- 
mention or declare here, but beer, the origins, is is Catholic in and of itself too. So it's not until later that it becomes more of a cultural thing once it was started by these religious communities. That's right. That's right. Um, it just started as a kind of a, I suppose you could say, as an alternative to uh, to dirty water. I don't know. I mean, I've, there's many mm-hmm. reasons. I I think people, uh, uh, you know, when you think, and, and um, I, don't, I don't remember if he brings this up in the book, but I, I know that Samuel Pepys, who had wrote, written a famous diary, he always talked about, you know, his morning ritual would include drinking beer. And you say, well, why, why is that? Is Was he an alcoholic? No, it was because uh, back in the time that he was writing, which was, I think, the, what, the 17th century or 16th century in England, it was it was hard to find quality hygienic beer or uh, hygienic water. I mean, it, water was generally not clean, not fit for human consumption. So processed through the, through the uh, uh, fermentation process, you knew that you were getting your liquids and you also knew you were getting a couple other things. Um, and so that was kind of the, at least for for um, secular culture, if I can put it that way, outside the monasteries. That's why that's why one of the reasons why beer kind of took off. Um, by the way, sure. I, I want to go back to the to the Reformation. You touched on this uh, a little bit, and I don't know how much of it he goes uh, into in his book, but there's obviously a deviation at some point where. Suddenly, beer, alcohol, spirits, all of that stuff becomes something that is t- that is too much and should be refrained from. You, we see that in the, the Protestant culture you know, very clearly that alcohol is this bad thing. What what about that Reformation led to that as a result, as opposed to this you know general you know revelry in in beer as something that is a gift from God? That's a good question. Uh, he does he does touch on that, I believe, to to a certain extent. Um, and I think what, well, basically it goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is the fact that, uh, uh, pro- yeah, for, for lack of a better way of putting it, Protestants had this kind of divorce between the spiritual life and the everyday life, um, whether that be in the, in the, in what they, in how they viewed beer, uh, how they viewed prayer itself. Uh, remember for them, everything was kind of an interiority without any outward outward signs. Those were all man-made, right, as far as they were concerned. Right. That there was nothing, you know, the, the liturgy itself. And again, of course, you have gradations here, right? You've got everyone from Luther, so you've got your you've got your Missouri Synod Lutherans who you go in, uh, minus the fact that they don't have the real presence, you would you would not know that that was not a, uh, a Catholic mass going on. So they high liturgy there, obviously. Uh, not so much as you go further along in the uh, in the spectrum. So your uh, your, Cal- your Calvinists and your your Presbyterians, it's more of a service, right? It's more of a, a sense of uh, celebrating. But really, what it is mostly is you're you're giving glory to God, but you're doing it interiorly. The the outward stuff doesn't really matter as much. Mm-hmm. So I and think if- that there's this there's the same divorce going on in terms of what we do. Uh, in terms of uh, the delights we take in, in life, the, the pleasures we have in life, right? That there's nothing, there's no connection between the two. We're, we're uh, kind of kind of fallen creatures, uh, uh, irredeemably fallen creatures. And so none of that stuff God's really interested in. He's really interested in just what, what our interior soul looks like without an oh. understanding that those outward things in, in creation itself, right, has has all these opportunities for, for uh uh, sacramental access, I guess you could say, right? I mean, there's a reason why the church uses water. There's a reason the church uses um, oil and all these all these things. So whether natural or, or man-made, um, that that we we find a connection, we find that bridge between the spiritual life and the and the and our daily lives. 
That that makes me think too of like, well, there's a flip side to this too. Like, yes, we should, you know, have we should be playful and be joyful and, and all of this. At the same time, we cannot look at this and, you know, exalt it too high because, you know, this is kind of a earthly thing, which is not our aim to be in earth. Our aim is to be in heaven. So uh, does he talk a little bit about, you know, that that other extreme where you're just you're too you're too much into this earthly man-made thing? And of of course, you said, you know, too much of beer is bad. That's kind of where I'm getting at. Right. Yeah, sure. Now, he's got a whole section in there on the dangers of alcohol. I mean, it's, it's not as if he's going in this without saying, you know, obviously there is something called alcoholism. Uh, and, and it is excess and that, and that's, it's exactly, it's exactly as you said, Jesse, it's, it's this kind of notion that somehow the thing itself is what's important and not what's behind it. Um, you know, I, I suppose you, you can expand this to, to, to just simply a, uh, uh, think about any good dinner party, right? The dinner party, the food, the food better be good or it's not going to be a good dinner party, but you don't go just for the food. At least hopefully you don't. Uh, you go because you know Bob is going to be there and, and, and Tim and Tina and, and all these people that you haven't maybe seen for a while or maybe you see them every week. But nonetheless, you go because it's a, it's a matter of something you do together and it leads to, it leads to a form of community, a, a form of communion, I guess you could say. Although, you know, again, I don't want to press that too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does lead to this notion that, you know, the things of this earth are to be enjoyed to a certain extent and they're supposed to be enjoyed both individually obviously i'm not drinking it for you i'm drinking it for me but at the same time i'm drinking it with you or i'm mm-hmm. eating 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 this dinner with you and so these things are these things are, are are both uh the individual and the and the group boy that sounds sounds a little bit like the communion of saints doesn't it <laughs> absolutely and i i think this quote sums up that whole thing right here salutary does not mean that beer leads us to salvation but should bring us to health as part of our overall flourishing of body mind and soul this does not mean that drinking beer will automatically make us holy or healthy actually we know that too much beer will do just the opposite i i like that i think that kind of sums up exactly what we're talking about here that's right that's right yeah and and again it's uh it's that it's that mean it's that aristotelian mean between uh, excess and, and defect, right? Between uh, between two vices, you know, on the one hand, the, uh, you know, teetotaler who, uh, you know, I'm not saying the teetotaler who has, a, has an alcohol problem, I'm saying the teetotaler who, for whom alcohol is just inherently evil, which is which is nonsense. And then you have then the other side where your, your heaven is beer. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, if that's the case, then, then you're, you're, you're in as much trouble as, uh, well, you're, you're, you're in, you're in, you're in some um, big trouble as well. Sure. Now, Lastly, I want to know what the beer option is. I want to know what brew evangelization is. Okay, uh, yeah, that is uh, again in his uh, in his his book itself. I mean, he's he's riffing off of the whole idea of the Benedict option, which was uh, a book that came out a while ago. Um, but what he's saying with the with the beer option uh, that there is an opportunity here, and this goes back to something we said earlier, right? There's an opportunity here. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, in our little hometown here of Soldiers Grove, we have a uh, new brewery that opened up, coincidentally enough, uh, called Driftless Brewery. And it was started by a good friend of ours. Uh, and um, he's not he's not Catholic, but nonetheless, we found a lot of common ground just on, on our love of beer. And so, we would have a conversation that would begin there, and maybe uh, maybe take off for some other place. That's that's in the in the in the in the end analysis and the final analysis. That's kind of the 
route that he wants to take. Now, he breaks that down into several different ways in which to do that, including, you know, starting up your own uh, brew club, right? The home brew club. You can do it that way. Or you can do uh, things like, I mean, it's not accidental that um, programs like Theology on Tap takes place in what? In bars, right? Where you can get beer. So there's many different ways you would do this, but the but the idea is that somehow beer itself, because it's it's something that we we all love, um, or at least that many people love, it's a great opportunity to grab that pool of people who love beer to find out just a little bit more maybe about the Catholic faith or find out a little bit more about why they're no longer going to Mass or if if there's anything holding them back from being Catholic. You know, And of course, you don't start off that way. That's something that Mr. Stout himself says, you don't start out, well, here's a beer. So what do you think of the Virgin Mary? You start out by saying, hey, <laughs> you know, what's uh, what's your uh, what's your what's your favorite beer? Why do you like that beer? And then you, you go from there. It's, uh, you know, it's it's very similar to what uh, Bishop Barron says about beauty. And, you know, uh, there's nothing more beautiful than a, than a cold glass of beer uh, in a certain sense. And I think that that same thing that we see in beauty is what we see in these in these in these earthly delights. Right. If 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 it's a if it's a uh, something we we're especially uh, fond of, uh, not overly fond of, uh, it's something that will also be an opportunity to meet others who are fond of this, who may not have the same uh, path in life or may not be uh, not even be thinking about God, but gives an opportunity. So in other words, it puts the Catholic in the driver's seat in a certain sense, uh, not to manipulate, but to but to find an opportunity, find an opening, find that find that moment when hey. By the way, did you know the Benedictines? And then you can go off from there. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else, finding a way to connect something of our lives to Christ in a way that somebody is going to be, you know, ha- have a little more access to that information rather than just starting with, uh, you know, the Immaculate Conception, like you said, like something really deep. You know, it starts at something simple that people just generally love. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. But but in this case, it, and and I think, I think it's right for Mr. Stout to make a big deal of this because we are a beer drinking nation. Um, even if most of us are drinking not the probably the best beer, and he goes into that as well. He goes into the corporate side of beer and you know the dark side of the corporate side and things like that. But uh, uh, but only to only to point out that look. There's a way to make beer, and there's a way to make beer well, and he's always pushing that as well. Of course, is that uh, that notion that there's beer, and then there's really good beer, and then there's excellent beer. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, Joseph. Uh, I really like how you added some of that joy and whimsy in your writing style. Uh, if you want to read the full article, you can go to autoramus.org. Again, the book is called "The Beer Option: A Generous Pour of Catholic Culture" by Jared Stout. Thank you very much, Joseph. Hey, Jesse, thank you. Go have a beer. I will.